0: I'm Kieran. and I'm Eve. This is Kitchen Table Cult,
1: where two coverful escapees talk about our experiences in the cultish underbelly of the religious right.
0: Hi, Karen.
1: Hi, Eve.
0: You're far away again.
1: I know. There's a whole ocean between us. It's kind of rude.
0: The dogs miss you. I miss the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same. Everybody misses you. <laughs> But we have we have fun things for today. Yes. <laughs> so continuing off of where we we kind of left off last time, we did a little recap of how it's been watching the world watch shiny happy people for us, um, and today we have a very special guest to continue that conversation. Corey Shepard Stern, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. I'm Corey.
2: Um, uh, Pronounce would be she, they. I'm cool with either. Sweet. I'm so excited to be here. This is so fun, you guys. Thank you for asking me. Y'all, I'll use y'all.
0: We're so happy you could join us. At some point, I think we'll probably do more conversations with other folks who are part of the documentary on camera, but I thought that this would be a really cool conversation just for... You know, those who watched this and may not know like how something like this came about, this is something that I think a lot of survivors have wanted to have happen for a really long time. So to have it like appear out of the blue feels very, you know, wonderful and exciting. But also it does feel a little bit out of the blue to a lot of people, I think. So I was hoping you'd be willing to talk a little bit about your role in making this happen and what it took to actually like get this produced and out in the world.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm an executive producer on the project, and it came to me through Olivia Christ. Olivia had been developing this with her partner and through her company, uh, Chick Entertainment. And they, Olivia, you know, I don't want to tell Olivia's story, but Olivia brought the project to me and she had already contacted numerous survivors uh, of IBLP. And when she brought the story to me, it really resonated with me. Not that I was, I did not grow up in IBLP, but dear Lord. And that is like, literally, (laughs) like I grew up... (laughs) But like my personal church journey, my religious journey, like, you know, in the South, a little bit older than y'all and like, maybe a lot older than y'all, I don't know, but it, it, it was definitely like I was in everything from like giant assemblies of God in the deep South to Southern Baptist back like when 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 I was Southern Baptist, when I was Southern Baptist, like it was, we were Jimmy Carter, Southern Baptist. Where, like, mm-hmm. oh. we and we're like, oh, we're going to build houses. Yeah. And like, you know, the Southern Baptist that came out after Roe v. Wade and, you know, the said, you know, we, we support this. We believe in a mother's, you know, a, a mother's right to life, basically a mother's right to life
0: right. And,
2: um, and a mother's right to make, you know, their own decisions. And so that was the original Southern Baptist I was a part of. And then, then things started getting a little, a little stricter. Then things started, started turning around. Things started creeping in and, and more and more and more. And yeah, I mean, there was, you know, focus on the family, you know, James, you know, people started popping up, but definitely noticed some of this um, just more turn, more restrictive, more and more and more restrictive. And it felt like it was always like a game, like whichever family became the most restrictive at the church, at whatever church we were in, like that was then the new bar. That was then, oh, like, yeah. cool. right. Right. Yes, so it's so, such a
0: thing. Yeah.
2: Such a thing. Right. And so it really resonated with me. And I was like, wait a minute, could this be a guy who's partially responsible for what happened to me and my childhood and me and my youth. And, and so it resonated with me that I, I did grow up fundamentalist eventually, you know, And, and, you know, now the kind of fundamentalism where like a a lot of people are like, oh, but church attendance is down in the U.S. It's like, yeah,
0: but (laughs) beliefs
2: are up, you know, they're so
0: fundamentalist
2: that there's not a church that's good enough, you know? So.
0: The organizing yeah. so, is good.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They're all
0: home
1: churching. They're
2: home churching or trailer churching in the case of, yeah, mm. trailer churching mm-hmm. is yeah. a thing. I, I kind of grew up in that world and and that that's a real, that's a real thing. So, Yeah, so Olivia brought me the project. I uh, took it to my partner, Bly Faust. Uh, Shout out to the incredible Bly Faust. And together we really went like, okay, let's dive into this even more. Uh, How do we move beyond just like just another cult? Like this can't be just another cult story. Mm -hmm. And we were uh, in the middle of production on Lula Rich with Cinemart. And uh, having a, a good experience there with with Lula Rich. And so we took it to Cinemart, and then the three companies together, kind of the three parties, Cinemart, uh, Storyforce, which is my company, and then Chick, which is Olivia and Lauren's company, took it on and started developing it. And we took it to um, Amazon because we had had a really good experience uh, with Amazon. We, t- we took it to quite a few places, actually. And mm. uh, Amazon really... Uh, well, actually, I was going to say they really got it. it. It they did not at first because it was called the Institute, right? Because
0: it's uh, so hard to like
2: say IBLP and blah blah blah. So we went with the menacing title, the Institute. You know, and uh, all of the family. Yeah, yeah, and so it felt pretty dark and. Amazon was like, okay, well, I don't know, Matt. Yeah, yeah, and we, we really what what ultimately turned the corner and got us the order. Like, yes, go make this. We had released Lulurich. Lulurich was really doing well, really popular. I think we found a formula, which is this kind of built-in community, especially in social media, of people that have been like crying out, you know, into the abyss notice mm-hmm. us, notice this, and they're finding each other and self-organizing, right? Like, like, like y'all. Mm-hmm. And then and then we come along and we can like take that and then amplify it out via a company like Amazon. So so that's what happened with this is right at that moment, Lula Rich had come out. There had been a whole community of like MLM survivors, honestly whose lives had been destroyed by MLMs and, and we had seen the power when they start tweeting about it and they start, you know, and it, and it kind of, it's like a goofy subject to be like, wait, they sell leggings. Wait, what is this? And then you understand (laughs) the insidiousness behind it, right? Like, Oh, these hot dog leggings with unfortunate placement of the hot dogs, by the way, Um, (laughs) these hot dog leggings, like there's something behind this that like leads into larger issues of inequity and, and, you know, women's disempower, you know, economic disenfranchisement. So anyway, um, bottom line is we went back to Amazon and we said, here's Duggar talk. Here's we changed it. Bly out of the name shiny, happy people. And I wrote up a document that was basically called why shiny, happy people is the next Lula Rich, but bigger. Mm -hmm. And it was all the arguments about why I thought this was going to be bigger. And we sent it in on a, like, Saturday. I remember working on it over a weekend, and we got the order on Monday.
1: Wow.
2: Sorry, that was a really long-winded way of saying that. No, No, that was great. great.
0: I I feel like a lot of people – I mean, I have a little bit of outsider, like, industry industry awareness because a lot of my writer friends – have gone into TV writing and my aunt is in the industry. And so I've like got a little bit of this like sense of how this works, but I don't think most people understand how long these things take and how like hard it can be to sell something like this and you really get the buy-in. So
2: for sure, it takes a long time, even when you have a huge success. I mean, it gets a little bit easier when you have a huge success, but it, it's always hard because there, you know, there's a lot of competition out there for people's eyeballs. What they're going to watch, what they're going to tune into. You can have a great idea that sounds fabulous on paper, but like, are people going to want to watch it and continue to watch it to really mm-hmm. stay tuned, binge it, stay tuned for that next episode, talk about it on social media? So, luckily, that has been the case with this.
0: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I think that's part of why you know we talked. We've you and I have talked a lot about how the Joshua Generation stuff didn't get as much attention as you 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 know, people may have wanted, but the story hanging on the Josh Duggar timeline made more sense for this kind of limited series yeah. situation.
2: Yeah, for sure. That was um Yeah. That was a hard thing for me personally. I won't get into it too much, but like when I, I can actually remember talking to you, Eve, and, and Karen reading your article this one. So that I was in New York. I was like, I can't remember why I was in New York, but I was in New York and I was basically camped out at like a friend's um, apartment and by myself over the course of three days and reading and diving into it and putting together like what's the story beyond IBLP and it was right after we got the order and we were going to start doing a lot of interviews and then when it when I did all the research and I probably texted you like six hundred times Eve like what is this and what is that and how does that work and wait a minute what Christian debate hold up hold on.
0: I live for these texts because it's so validating <laughs> to watch people so like nice. discover the stuff in real time and be incensed. It's beautiful. Well, and like, and also
2: like, honestly, I can remember listening to the podcast and to this podcast and- you know, you know, hearing y'all talk about that and like, oh yeah, I remember, you know, I, I, I think it was a story you told Karen about like going down, you know, like really being like direct because you were big in Christian debate, right? Like yep. you were
1: not in debate, but yeah. like team, in the political, oh, circles. Team, in the political, team, rate. Team yeah, yeah, yeah. Team yeah, yeah,
2: teen packed, yeah. teen packed. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. That was, that's right. Yeah. Going down into, into the teen packed rabbit hole that weekend and just laying it all out. And then when you see it, you know, at first it's just like, well, yeah, okay, they're into there's this teen pack thing. That's kind of weird. They're all like descending on the Capitol and talking to the representatives. And then you're like, Oh, they're they're into this debate. Okay, oh wait, they they win at moot court every year over like the Ivy Leagues. Oh wait. Yeah. And then you're like, Oh ah! and by the end I had full on beautiful mind, like that apartment was just covered in like (laughs) notes. And it was like this, and if I had had string, it would have just been like everywhere connecting everything to every, and then I was so traumatized seriously because it like hit me. I could see the full picture. I felt completely sick to my stomach. And, and I saw the thing I thought I had escaped by, you know, leaving the South, leaving my religion, losing my religion, like all of that, and it was like I, I left it and I, I went off and I, I thought it was behind me, and oh my yeah. God, no, it's about to take away my, you know, my reproductive rights right now. This thing that I thought I freaking got away from. I yeah. don't know how much I'm allowed to I guess mean, on here, but yeah, I mean, even. Okay. That I fucking had gotten away from. And it was right there in my face. And it was like, the monster is here. And I really like the way I pitched it to the rest of the team was like, this is a like sleep, like one of those like monster movies where the thing has gotten inside and now it's yes. like, like it's the pods are going to start awakening and like taking over, uh, you know? And that's what I felt like. And, and I can remember just being so overwhelmed. And, and I put together the whole outline for the series off of all of those pieces of paper and late night, you know, coffee and sushi and just like, oh I'm saying sushi, you guys, it was pastry. So coffee and pastry and like <laughs> it like, was full on like get me like six eclairs right now. This like raw mm-hmm. fish is not gonna is not gonna absorb this level of pain. So
0: look, look, yeah. we, yes. we we have talked a lot. Together probably off Mike, Kieran and I, about like the moment in time where we had gotten out and had gotten away from things and started building new lives, and thought that like perhaps we had actually left it all behind. And then it was like 2014, 2015. It was such a good 10 seconds. That illusion was gone. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was such a good 10 point two seconds. <laughs> yes for me.
0: And then when it hits you again and you're like, ah,
1: yeah
2: it's, yeah, it's it's, it's such terrible. a gut I mean, punch. Down to like ADF. Yep. Yeah. This week, right? I mean, oh, like God. last week. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, mm, the hand of Mike Ferris, you know? And like when you can, I mean-
0: uh, was, <laughs> was it oh the K- Creative 303? That's what we're talking about. We're recording uh, right after that. Yeah. Let's go to Stirling. Yeah, 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 just, yeah. It's it's all through it.
1: I have so I'm so upset about that case for many reasons. Not the least of which, this is a complete sidebar, but not the least of which is like I do that creative work for my day job. Like I build people websites, and it is just not a fucking thing. And then Melissa Gear Grant came out with her expose about how the person that they cited was fucking fake, and I was just like, I knew it. I was angry for like a full day and a half about it. Just like, this is not this thing, literally, this can- case literally exists just to let, like say that it's legal to hate people.
2: That's right. That's a hundred percent what it is. That it's, that it's legal to hate people and that it's, it's legal to restrict someone's rights. Like so not just hate them, but like
0: creative expression. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah
2: under, it's under and it's just so twisted right i mean in in screenwriting like one particular school of of storytelling and screenwriting like there's there's the positive value right like love is the positive value and then you know in a screenplay you want to take the thing from like love and then what's the opposite of love right you somebody mm-hmm. might say hate so but the true gut punch of a really great script, like a Chinatown or something like that is where you go from the positive to the negation. So love to the negation of the positive value, hate. And then the true gut punch is when you do the negation of the negation. So the, the deepest worst thing is hate masquerading as love. Yes, or that is the true, taking it all the way through so so, when you look at that and you're like what that really it's it's under you know freedom of religion or freedom of artistic expression, and the things that we all really do care about, and it's being you know the opposite is being achieved in the name of the exact thing that you care about, you know, it's just,
1: yeah, I mean, it
2: must be how you know it must be how Christians feel about this too, you know, like someone oh, yeah. who really believes that, right, really follows the teachings of Jesus, like it must be horrible to see, you know, what like Shining Happy People would be a very hard watch for somebody who really loves Jesus. Yeah.
0: I think there's a there's a lot of that. It's like what drove Kieran and me personally to just not be affiliated with the church anymore at all because it's it's so intensely hard to participate in the material writes itself. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. It does. What you're describing in terms of like that story arc. It's, it's it, the materials real there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, before we were sitting down to record, Kieran and I were kind of going through your Reddit AMA. It's been a month since then. Do you have any updates in terms of the response so far? Like, obviously there's been some like big milestones that you didn't know then, but uh, it's resonated a lot.
2: Yes, it has resonated a lot. It's been this, I mean, I think we can say monster hit. It's been like this huge monster hit. Like it really, I mean, the streamers don't like, it's so good. It's so good. They don't like to give out specifics. You can't say this and this, but Amazon has come out to say like, this is one of their top performing series of all time. And it Lula Rich was a giant hit. Thank you. And, and thank you to, to both of you, because I feel like we're all part of this big team. Right. I mean, yeah. but it, it, it's it been huge. And, and that is just so, and it, it, it's not, it's not because of the Duggars, right. It's not because right. of the Duggar factor that certainly helps that they were in the public eye and everything, but, I think this is because this is resonating with so many people that, like me, were like, I wasn't part of IBLP, but I recognize this. And we're hearing Mm -hmm. from, you know, Catholics (laughs) and, you know, we're hearing from everybody about how this, they feel parts of this, you know, patriarchal stuff.
0: I was recently on Bridget Todd's podcast, There Are No Girls on the Internet, and she grew up like Christian adjacent in the South. And is black and i've heard a lot of people like her tell me like they put it on because they thought okay this is gonna be you know some weird white people christian shit and then realizing that like various worksheets have made it into their you know experience of some piece of church thing or yeah, right. like some teaching had come across their life somehow and they are realizing just like Oh shit, this affected me too and I had no idea. And like yeah. I think that's a lot of people are running into like this is much more embedded in the fabric oh. of Christian culture than and American Christian culture than anyone ever thought without yes. looking at it closely.
2: I've heard from therapists, you guys, who are like, you know, what, like, wow, I'm completely booked. You know, I just want you to know (laughs) the effect that this is having on my clients. You know, it's 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 been it's been intense. Like it's, and and every person, like that feeling that I got in the apartment in New York that day when I put it all together, and I felt sick because I could see where. How big it was, and how it had affected my life, and where it and where it was now, and affecting, about to affect my life, and was still affecting my life. Like that was the experience that I think people ult- ultimately have had watching this is like yeah. exactly what you said, where it's this like reckoning where you just are like, oh my god. And honestly, like as a producer, as a filmmaker, that's the absolute best feeling. I mean, because sometimes. I mean, I think you both understand this. Like when you know something and you're toiling away with this like piece of information or this like putting these things together and you're just like, oh my gosh, like I feel like this is one of the biggest things in the world and yet nobody knows this. Is this really important? Is this, this is big, right? This is big. And then when it gets out there and other people are like, oh my gosh, yes, I see it too. Yes, yes, yes. That is I mean, that is just the reason to be involved in this crazy industry. That's that to me, that's the only reason to be involved in this crazy industry. (laughs) Is to is to have things that are hidden be made visible and 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 therefore be able to affect some kind of change by just at least they're known. At least you can see the snake now.
0: Yeah. Yes. No, I I that's so he appreciated.
1: Yeah, I was so impressed at how well it was done. I mean, I saw Lula Rich, and I thought that was incredible, but I had no, like, ties to that culture, so I couldn't speak to whether or, like, to how accurate it was outside of people saying, Wait, seriously, Damn, this you is don't accurate. have those
2: leggings? <laughs> Karen, no, I missed the um, boat.
0: Karen, we got out just Karen, before. I can repeat
2: into- that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're for sale on eBay all the time.
2: You can walk in your local Goodwill oh and have them Dude, if you can ship way. them
1: to Germany.
2: Oh, I can find you. Oh, I can find you a representative in Germany to help you and sign you oh up. Oh, my God. You, you too. They're oh still open. God. No, <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> I, don't, a, I don't have that much money stuff. for leggings.
0: Hey, hey, hun. Hey, hun. <laughs> <laughs> I think we both we both really appreciated Lula Rich because it preserved the dignity of those who had been abused by it. Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. That's-
0: yeah, like watching
1: other documentaries, like they they don't handle that as well. And it was really obvious with both Lula Rich and Shiny Happy People that you. But the effort to make sure that the voices of the people who are harmed by this were held to a higher level and with greater respect than the people who are perpetuating the harm, which is just not something you see in, like, a lot of things where it's, like, more sensational to sort of, like, hold them equally in both sides at, like, the New York Times.
2: Yeah. I mean, both sides. I mean, okay. Well, I'm gonna- <laughs> yeah. But, but. Thank you, thank you, and that you know, I mean, it's always about the people with lived experience, right? I mean, that's it. That's that's the most important piece of this. Is you've, you know, I don't know. I've told this story before, but like with with Lula Rich, my mom had at one point gotten signed up with a multi level marketing company that involved pink makeup cases. I will leave it to your mm. imagination to figure mm. out which one it was. Oh, and there's so
1: she, many there. <laughs> she
2: had borrowed money.
1: I know what you're talking uh, about. To,
2: yeah. She had borrowed money to sign up to get the big pink case. And this was the thing that was going to allow her to like, you know, pay for haircuts and shoes and things for my very large family. And um, at the end of the day, she, you know, it wasn't set up for her success. It was set up to get that initial giant bump of money from her. And that Mm -hmm. pink suitcase of shame sat in the closet for years. And I saw it break my mother. I saw it break her idea of herself as as a person who could make economic decisions who could make good choices like who could it really affected my mother and you're like oh it's just a stupid you know multi-level marketing thing but like it really did affect her she was so excited about it and then and then to see what happened to her and it wasn't until lula rich came out and so that always affected me i always you know thought Mm -hmm. like these systems are it's the system mom it's not you and so that was a thing when lula rich came out my mom I talked about that and I I felt a little nervous because my mom's super sensitive to like, you know, obviously you don't want your, well, whatever. You've got a kid who's like, ah, I've got a giant microphone. Let's talk about my family. (laughs) but but, Right. But she she finally, she watched it and she called me crying and she's like, I get it. Like it wasn't, like it did give her a lot of healing because she had so much shame around it. Like, it must have been me. It must have been my moral failing. It must have been something was wrong with me that I couldn't do this. And instead, she finally saw it wasn't me. It was the system that I was in. It was this, like, Mm -hmm. collection of, you know, bad people making, you know, terrible choices that hurt other people. And so that, to me, I always kind of think about, like, like my own, like, you know, in terms of, like, with shiny, happy people. Like I, I, um, was, Oh God, I've never talked about this, but I'll talk. Hey, why not? Um, I was, I, I had like gotten out of the religious area. Like I had gone off to college and I had gotten myself into therapy and I was like, I am on my way. I've got this going on. And I went back home, uh, for a summer. And one of my, uh, I'll just say it. Why not? Why protect the abuser? My grandfather tried to molest me sexually. He did. He sexually assaulted me. And I was just like, wait, what? Like my head was just spinning. And it was like, I've gotten therapy. I live in California. (laughs) Like, you can't do this. You know, like I've gone to college. (laughs) I, you know, and, and, uh, and my mom went to her pastor who also knew my grandfather and the pastor said like, well, I've seen the way your daughter dresses. And right. God, and, 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 and so I think about like,
0: I said onsite.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I, you know, you think about like how, for me, like if someone's, if I'm sitting down in that chair to do an interview about that, like how would how would i want to be treated cuz knowing that there's i then i had so much shame about it even though i knew i shouldn't have shame about it like right. i knew but yeah. but knowing that every single person that sits down in that chair what's at stake for them you know to to it's not just like oh it's another interview it's just a little interview in a documentary it's like they're sitting down to tell a story that is going to cause them long-term repercussions in their family. They're breaking a silence They're They've got family members. They've got, and I'm sure, I don't know if my mom's going to listen to this podcast, but who knows? It might get picked Hi up. Mom. As a story. <laughs> Hi mom. I love yeah. you. And I, I know you believe me and support me now, but that was something that the minister said to you back then, you know? And it's like, So when I think about people Mm -hmm. sitting down to talk about what they're going through, and I know Eve, this was like a big thing with you. Like, you know, you're, you're speaking out against a whole family system. It's, it's, I think people are incredibly brave to sit down and it has consequences for people that sit in that chair. Yes, there's healing and there's validation, but it's also, it comes like, I'm going to cry. It comes at a, it comes at a cost to an individual to do that, knowing that it's going to help the collective, knowing it's going to help break mm-hmm. up the system, but for them yeah. and and I give it uh, like I would never want someone to sit down in the chair who doesn't hasn't made the decision for themselves that it's that it's absolutely the right thing for them to do. I, I really only want someone who feels like yes, I I, I don't ever want to undersell what's going to happen like oh everybody's so happy they did you know people generally are i've never had someone regret sitting down in a chair Mm -hmm. for an interview but i think the reason is because we do take it very seriously i think the closest we might have come i was really worried about alex harris because alex (laughs) gave hours of an incredible interview where he talked about his faith and how he believes, you know, what he believes now and how he came to it. And I mean, we got into Rush Dooney and like the underlying, I mean, you know, probably an hour on Rush Dooney alone and that's nowhere to be seen. And Alex in episode four just gets this little bitty, like, and that is the Joshua generation. And I was.
0: He gets this little moment where he gets to go Madison Cawthorn. And that's what we grew up in the end. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's so much deeper and bigger than that. And so that mm-hmm. was the thing that I was the most worried about was like, and that's why I've been very vocal about like go read Alex's tweets. Go and I I really wanted, and it has been a platform for him then to have a deeper conversation. But that that was probably the closest I came to being like, oh holy cow. I hope that this, you know, person doesn't regret this.
0: I'm really sorry you had that experience and I am grateful that you've been able to use it to provide victim-centric, you know, trauma-informed environments and practices for the victims and the survivors that you've interviewed for these projects or worked with for these projects. Like it really comes across. There's a lot of, there's a lot of this stuff that I think can, can veer into the salacious true crimey line of things and I remember thinking like when you told me that the Josh Duggar uh criminal case was going to be or we're going to be subtitled Duggar family secrets <laughs> like, yes
2: yeah.
0: with the criminal with the criminal case there like being kind of like the center through line being like okay I can see how this makes sense in terms of like a narrative arc but also like this is that that, that direction and of course I trust you and so I didn't spend a lot of time worrying about that but that is something that like having that that salacious yeah kind of like eye on things it's very popular people you know make this material and consume this material it is all over and I, this just feels so so different and I think that's part of why it's w- we've been involved in things that have had negative responses to us we've gotten hate mail from things we've gotten you know negative attention from people in our you know past communities for speaking out the way we've been speaking out i really don't think that i've really heard of any of us in you know the the participants group chat <laughs> i can't speak for everybody but i don't haven't heard personally of anyone getting a ton of hate outside of like family members being like I didn't like that you said it this way and it actually should have been that way, but like, there's not been any direct negative response that's causing harm because of how people were presented ever. It was a unified front. It was a victim centered, like trauma first kind of situation. And I feel like that protected us really well from the kind of backlash that we could have gotten. And so I, I just really appreciate that you well, allowed you. that to inform this.
2: Thank you. And I, I think it's been so interesting, right? The response from the evangelical community. its I have read very little negative response. I actually went on Amazon to read the reviews because we it's weird. Oh, no. Okay, so here's a weird thing. Yeah. But, uh, with Lula Rich, the, like all these Lula Rich people got on and, you know, bombed us with zero point, zero stars.
0: Homeschool mom brigade brigade to come out and give us zero points.
2: Well, they, they did. They did. Some of them did, but not like you would think. And what, well, and, and kind of related to that, we got so few critical reviews and I don't mean like negative reviews. I mean, reviews from critics, It was weird. Like every other show I've ever done, you go on Rotten Tomatoes and you've got like all of your critical reviews there and that Mm -hmm. determines your Rotten Tomatoes score, whatever. What was so interesting is about this is like people were so affected by it, I think, that they couldn't even address it as a piece of filmmaking. Very few people could address it as a piece of filmmaking because they addressed it because it was so – Powerful emotionally, personally, that mm-hmm. we we got very few people that could address it as a piece of filmmaking, and I'm fine with that. I mean, that's- it's good for <laughs> you know, but but it but it's really interesting. Like even the people that were like you know that would normally be like I've reviewed Shiny Happy People on Amazon Prime were like all they could talk about was like Holy shit, this story!" Or you know, it, so yeah. that's been interesting. And then <laughs> the feedback within the evangelical community has been fascinating because I've really seen people take a breath, take it in. I mean, Paul and Morgan, notwithstanding, take a breath, take it in and like you really sit with us. Like, you know, it's like, it's, you know, they get to feel how they feel about, Mm -hmm. you know, what happened with them. And, and, but, but it, it, it has been, it has been interesting. And I've been really heartened by the conversations that have happened as a result of people watching this series and within the community, people who are still within the community. And, and it feels like a reckoning. It feels like a reckoning is happening. I hope, maybe not wholesale, maybe not sea change, but at least acknowledgement. And um, Mm -hmm. that's been really heartening.
1: And that's so huge.
0: These people have dodged internal review, peer accountability, lawsuits, you know, those kinds of things for decades. To have a beautiful narrative media presentation may be the only way to get their attention. You know, I feel like that's like we've tried everything else. And yeah, this seems right. to be sitting a new response, and that's really cool.
2: Well, it was yeah. so important to us, and we had so many conversations. And I have to say, like, I feel like I was probably the one of the louder voices in the room for we cannot offend Christians. We That is not what this is about. We are not in here to, like – come down on anybody's and evangelicals, you know, in particular. And I I, like everything that we did, I would sort of think about like, how would my mom view this? Would my mom, you know, if she's feeling attacked, is she feeling attacked because she's bought into, or, you know, she's been sold a certain line of reasoning that maybe, you know, or does she feel attacked because it's just an attack? Like, Oh, I've decided I, you know, whatever. So it, I don't like Christians. Like this is a, this is a clearly made right. by
0: people who are not Christian, you know, and that's right. 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 It's easy to dismiss that.
2: It's easy to dismiss that. And, and especially because we're Hollywood, we're the liberal media we're you know, like all of mm-hmm. those things that, that people, you know, believe ab- about us. And it's, you know, we're not a monolith, like, you know, we're, we're just not, it's a whole range of people who worked on this and had input into this, who believe a, you know, range of things. And so we really wanted to make it, it was so important to us to make sure. And, and I have to say, I really got to give it up to Amazon Prime because it was important to them too. Amazon Prime really does believe in like speaking, you know, not just to the coastal elites, you know, I mean, it's um, Mm -hmm. one, we can just say it's good business practice, right. Because, you know, people in Wisconsin, you know, people in, you know, Salinas, Texas, like use Amazon prime. Mm -hmm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. it's to everybody, but like that, that was really important because that's the only way I think obviously that you're going to get people who can make the change pay attention because they, it just can't be like, Hey, this is all your fault. You're all terrible. It's been so interesting who has reached out to me in the wake of this too. I mean,
0: okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask about this. Like what are some responses that have really surprised you? You've kind of gotten into this a little bit. Like who has reached out? Like what kind of things have come up that you're really excited about what, and then what responses didn't happen that you were expecting that you would like to Mm -hmm. hear or see? So, people
2: who were involved in the very early days of uh, of Bill Gothard's ministry—and you can't see, but picture—you guys can see my mm-hmm. little lobster claw air quotes. Um, <laughs> Bill Gothard's, Bill Gothard's—the <laughs> word that comes to mind is racket, but that might be a legal <laughs> term, which I'm not using. So, Bill Gothard's this little project, his project from the early 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 days. So I have been on the phone with people in their 80s quite wow. recently
0: wow. who said
2: this ruined my I we tried really really hard. We tried to stop this and it was unstoppable. People who you know, I I hadn't realized how much, you know, had like Bill senior, you know, had, was involved in this like we knew it was a family affair but like boy it was really a family affair so i mean i huh. talked to people that like hand built some of those centers hand built some things oh, wow. up the northwoods apparently the 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 lodge was called crazy bear lodge in northwoods and like i talked to someone who like basically like hand built that lodge and like what wow. they witnessed and what they saw and i think i had sort of You can watch the documentary and kind of get the idea that maybe this became like, you know, one of those stories of like this dude who got older and got a little lecherous and, you know, but no, this Mm -hmm. was, this was full on like evident from the beginning, from the Mm -hmm. very beginning. This is not like power corrupted went, went to, I mean, there, it was the stories I had heard. Oh, whoa. It was. It was it was it was. and i it was I have been I can't say some of the things I've heard, but it it was really intense to listen to these stories from these people who said, I tried, and I basically like it 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 like ruined my life. Like truly, they went after me.
0: Is it accurate to yeah. say my sense of all of this is with Gothard particularly? Like I've seen other people, you know, Doug Phillips got sloppy, lost his ministry, that kind of thing. I feel like Gothard in particular was really meticulous and careful in ways that other folks hadn't been. And that's part of why it's taken so long to get something like this, the mass amount of time and generations of evidence (laughs) against him. um, Does that seem to resonate with what you're hearing from these folks?
2: No, actually. Really? I okay. I I I don't think. Let's talk about this because this is fascinating. I don't think he was meticulous and careful.
0: Okay. I don't.
2: I mean, you we're just talking like fell into it. I think it was a system set up around him. It was an entire hmm. world and there was and I know there's a lot of money at stake with some of these other ministries. I think part of it was that he never married even though he wanted to marry and apparently went Mm -hmm. to the board. I've heard, I'm not, it's not confirmed, but he went to the board and asked to marry someone. Yeah. I saw him talking about that. Yeah. And why you go to the board to ask to marry, apparently, you know, I've heard his brother asked to marry, asked him and he said, no. anyway, I think part of it was what took down some of these other people were they were married and there was a, there was a public, like a splitting apart of a family. And so that's kind of undeniable, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that was so it always became a he said, she said sort of thing, always. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think partially it's because we don't believe victims. We don't believe the less powerful person ever, you know, rarely, and certainly not in this situation. I think because there was a lot of money at stake. And I think because people had put their entire lives and be like they put everything into, uh, like they in the true way that happens with the cult where you don't have any outside resources, you don't have outside family. Like in this case, people, yeah. their their fam- their entire families were in it. So yeah. you know, sometimes with a cult, it won't that won't be the case. And I, I don't know how that tracks with you know Doug Phillips and some of these other things, but. I don't think it was meticulous. I, I really hmm. don't. I think that there are, I mean, you can just go on recovering grace and read the stories of, you know, and how many people witnessed things and how many people, but like, yeah. there wasn't like when, when he got caught with a secretary on an airplane and this happened, there was no wife to like, say I've had enough. I can't take yeah. this. And like a public. Right. Reckoning. It was like, well, yeah. he's a, that is guy. true. That there was a really single, he's a single guy. You know, right? He's There's a single, single no, guy, like, right? Yeah, he never, he was never so, sinning against a wife and family. Okay, this is the
0: single this man is, is, Phillips to stand on the stage and look gorgeous and be a name yeah. to be recognizable and like get dumped.
1: Right. Well, and because the model of the family is so upheld, if he doesn't break the model of the family, he can get away with anything.
2: That's my guess. That's that's what I'm thinking. Is that it's like, it's right. inappropriate behavior.
1: Wow. Okay. Right. My mind just like got blown so a little just, bit.
0: Just about, unless he's breaking up someone else's family.
2: Yeah. I think that, and that's always like, the question has always been like, why didn't he get married? What happened? What was that about? And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I've heard all kinds of things recently. I, I knew I have met people who knew his mother, And like what, like kind of the roots of some of his issues with women, particularly married women. Oh, please
0: give us like the tiniest scoop on that. (laughs) What was she like?
2: Tiniest scoop. scoop. Um,
0: What was his, who was his mom? What was she like?
2: Okay. Um, I can't go in depth on it because it's only like one little thing, but let me pull up a note uh, to see what I have here. Because there was, let me see what I can say.
0: One of my favorite pieces of long-form journalism ever is the like, uh, God, I can't remember who wrote it or when it came out. I, had, I have to go find it again. Is but the piece that was a deep dive into Trump's mom. I'm oh a, yes, I'm a, I'm a I remember a that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mary Trump. Yes,
2: kind of the belief that, and I, I, I need to protect the person who who told me this because I really do. I just want to say that the people who've been sharing with me, I, I am so honored to be talking with them and that they're sharing this and that they're unburdening themselves after very many years. And also how they've tried to like, Mm -hmm. I mean, decades and decades and decades of watching this thing grow and grow and grow. And just like, you know, Mm -hmm. that it goes against something that they deeply, you know, they, they are, these people are deeply committed Christians and, how hard it was for them to see the thing that they love. And they're deeply committed, but they deeply believe in homeschooling and they deeply, mm-hmm. be- and and they went against him to t- knowing that it was going to put these other things at risk. But, um, but around the mother, the, the phrase that I heard was she didn't have the value that God gave her. The belief oh. was oh. she was a non-entity. She didn't have the value that God gave her.
0: That, tracks tracks yeah that's a really that's a really really sad and recognizable state of being in this community
2: yeah yeah and i'm not saying that bill gothard jr believed that but that was their impression of the general atmosphere and belief about Mm -hmm. married women Mm -hmm. like if if women were nursing they couldn't be around other women like, it's that a kind of thing. <laughs> right? Right? Wow. So, that there was just kind of this deep, you know, yeah. Yeah. So.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. yeah that's Interesting. very, very common, like, as an it's... undercurrent.
0: Yeah. Um, coming back to the second half of that question, what responses did you expect that you haven't gotten, if any?
2: Well, let me think about that. <sighs> Well, my mom didn't disown me, so that's a plus. Congrats!
0: Good. Thank
2: you. I'm still going to inherit my grandmother's china, so there's Very Im- that important. It's beautiful, so I'm I'm thrilled. Uh, what else? I don't know. I mean, uh, there was no, there's been no real comment from TLC or from people who worked on the show, and I have to say, like. I also I, I I feel for the people that were shooting the Duggar show mm, and who worked mm-hmm. on it and who felt like they really got to know the family and went in deep and how they might feel conflicted and also, you know, feel like something that they did that they were proud of, like how that's now being mm-hmm. reinterpreted. Um, but I think it again, I think there is time for a reckoning for that. But but I I I do I do f- feel for that. And I would love to have a conversation. Like there's a lot of people that were that this having this series come out is affecting their daily lives because of their involvement in it, whether it is somebody who Mm -hmm. worked on the TV show or, or the, you know, or the other Duggars or, you know, that this is affecting because now it's a topic of national and international conversation. There's just a lot of people that I would honestly love to just sit down with and have a, conversation not for a documentary but just like a conversation about it.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And so if anybody's listening, I would love to talk to you. Eve has my contact info. <laughs> um, get a hold of me and I'll
0: get a hold of her for you. Yeah. I I know we have to wrap up here or as this is a little bit of a tangent, but kind of like what you're saying about like the people who worked on this and it was a big deal when it came out. Like when I was asked to come film. I had just started watching the earliest seasons of keeping up with the Kardashians for like dumb knitting, watching TV time in the evenings. And when I went back to start watching the first, you know, few pieces that TLC put out on the Duggars before the show even like became a series, I was struck by how similar they were in terms of their presentation and like the format and the tone and the like the point of view of the producers who were like kind of characters you know invading in a little bit and like it was kind of trippy watching that and I would love to get like an academic like pop culture expert to like sit down and write a long-form piece yeah Danielle and Helen Peterson or somebody like give me that a long piece. I want to read it.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, amen. Like, I mean, I just thought it was so fascinating when Danielle said, you know, that that reality TV is ultimately, you know, in a lot of ways is very conservative. It's very, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. I thought it was fascinating that that idea of like performative, you know, performative femininity and perform, you know, like, I can't remember the exact words. Yeah. But it was just like, I, I just, yeah, I mean, it's so true. You know, it is, it's so, it's an archetype. Yeah. 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 And, and the difference being, you know, who's profiting off of it is the, is the difference is like how much direct profit are the people. I mean, I think that the, the, the Duggers were sort of sold in or at least not the Duggar kids were like, this is a ministry. Our, oh, Hey, our mm-hmm. ROI mm-hmm. is on souls saved and examples mm-hmm of our religion, right. not on money. This isn't about money. Yeah, no. You can't
0: sue for stolen wages if they're souls.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty yeah. handy. This isn't about money. This is about your ministry. So right. except when, you know, you spent your entire life in front of a camera and someone's making money off of it. So
1: great. Right. Yeah. And none of that is going to you.
2: Yeah. That was another really interesting thing that, like, we tried so hard, right? Because you're making a documentary, you're asking people to sit down in front of a camera to make what is, at the end of the day, a piece of television, a piece of, for, I mean, a terrible term, but it is a piece of entertainment. I mean, it is, somebody wrote a beautiful piece about it not truly being entertainment, but but it is, and so, I mean, gosh it is so hard as a producer who wants to abide by her own version of the Hippocratic oath. I mean, Bly, my partner (laughs) always says, do no harm first, do no harm, you know? Mm -hmm. And she, she did it. She won the Oscar for spotlight. And, and so you're making a documentary that hopefully you are indeed going to cash a paycheck for, like it is going to buy my cup of coffee that I'm drinking right here. But you're like putting someone in front of a camera focusing on the story of them being put in front of a camera that is a that's a weird thing you know and so that that was something else I don't have an answer for that but I will just say like that is a hard thing to balance as a as a human being
0: I mean Um, that's a question I run into in the journalism world all the time I haven't read it yet but there's this like seminal text called the journalist and the murderer about this that like everybody's like always calling back to, um, because it's such a difficult question anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, I'm going to look that up. Janet Malcolm. Okay. Yeah. Like the psychopathology of journalism. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> there you go. It's an age old
2: question.
0: It's an yes. age old question. Back to Didion and the, you know, watching the little kid. Do drugs yeah. like it's it's it goes all of, all through it.
2: Yeah, Sharon, you other-
1: and, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I first want to say thank you for giving me something besides the duggers that I can like point my therapist to. I told my German <laughs> okay. psychiatrist and my therapist <laughs> yesterday both to go watch this documentary so they can have an understanding of like. I mean, my therapist I've been working with for seven years. So like she knows everything, but my psychiatrist is new. And in like the last 20 minutes of our session was like, so tell me about your trauma. And I just laughed at her because I was like, there's not time for that. So go watch the documentary instead. Because this does a much better job.
2: Right. Luckily, here's my prime. I was like, you can listen
1: to my podcast. You can read. (laughs) Yeah. Like here, go watch this. Yeah. And so I just
2: here's my login. So, <laughs> just go for it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And so it's so it's so nice to have something that I can give people as like a point of resource when they're asking about where I grew up, like what world. Because I wasn't like IBLP, IBLP, I was adjacent like Eve, but it's like Bill materials showed up in my fucking churches. Like it was all part of my parents' ideology. And so it's really helpful to have something that explains like why this is bad and like why, like how this has harmed people in a way that like just saying like, oh yeah, you know, the Duggars on TLC, haha, like, you know, like that, like it doesn't make that same connection. So thank you for that work. And for doing that, it is just hugely, Mm -hmm. hugely important. And yeah, like I kind of, I kind of wanted to zoom out a little bit because we've been talking very specifically about this documentary, which is awesome. But like for other people who are like wanting to tell stories similarly through filmmaking, like how did you become a producer? Like what was, how, how did you decide that like this is the way to help amplify these voices. Like how how did you get here?
2: How did I get here? Well I have always the the key thing for me, I've always been a tattletale. (laughs) I've always been I've always been been the person that's like (laughs) I've always been the person that's like, wait a minute wait, what? That's not right. That's against the rules. That's not fair. Or always like seeing the the thing that I want other people to see, right? Like there's this thing also for good. Like if, if, if I've stumbled upon like some great new, you know, I don't know snack food. Everybody's going to hear about it. I'm going to be like, "Oh my god, did you try?" Blah blah blah. Seriously, I'm the woman in the grocery store, like picking up the can, going like, "Oh my god, these are amazing! You have to try them." Like that's I'm that person. So like, I, I, I've always just I have that inherent drive to kind of like I think like if we were all in tribes on the plane, I'm the person uh, not on the airplane, but like on the plains of the whatever meadows, whatever we were all on as we we're mm-hmm. a tribe. I'm the person like fine, like tasting a berry and being like, Oh, this doesn't kill you. And it tastes really good here. Eat this. Like I'm, I'm that person <laughs> in our, in our little ecosystem of tribes. I'm the person that kind of like figures stuff out and then really, really wants other people to know. Hmm. And, and so I think like you have to have that natural, not just like a natural curiosity, but the drive to be helpful too. for me, mm-hmm. that's, that's my way into it is the drive to be helpful by saying, wow, this is a really important piece of information we should all know. And then, and then for me, it was like, once, you know, your goal is to get it seen by whether it's a tiny group of people that can make a huge change or have it seen so that the culture can make a change. You know it's got to be entertaining, and so that was the other piece of it. It was like, okay, this is what I know about myself. Like, if you don't have that drive, this industry is just too hard. You have to mm-hmm. have that drive, whether you get paid or not. Everybody thinks producers walk around with big cigars and are like, "Hey, the kid stays in the picture," you know. But like, it is a, it is thankless in a lot of cases. You can work for years and not get paid. Don't mm-hmm. get me started. On years ago, the studios convinced. DC, they convinced you know the the basically that that producers are a financial position, not a not a guild or a craft or anything. So like we have not had no. a real union. We, like people think producers make tons of money. You 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 don't. And I mean the very very top 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 ones do, but by and large we don't have any labor protections. We don't have anything like that. I can do a budget, and literally everyone can get paid. And I cannot get paid until the very end. So, like, you have to, if you want to do this work, you have to be motivated by something else. Don't mm-hmm. come with like dollar signs in your eyes, like a cartoon. Right? Like, You've got to be like, I have to tell this story, and um,
0: and it so- sucks the opposite way, but makes sense.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and yes, you can. I mean, I'm very fortunate that, that like, I have been able to work with people that are super high quality and we can get projects out there and get them seen and, and yes, you know, make a living doing this work. I'm so grateful for that. But um, I think you have to have that like natural, you you better have an intrinsic drive to do this. Mm -hmm. Otherwise it it is just too hard. So I don't know if I answered your question or if I went sideways on it. But, um, but, but the actual way I got in, I didn't major in this in college. I was an international relations major and I a college dropout. And I ended up as a playwright. And then for being a playwright, I was like, wow, it looks like. TV executives can make more money than playwrights. And so I became a TV executive. (laughs) And then then it was like, oh, I've been a TV executive for a long time. And like, it looks like more fun to just kind of travel the world and do what I want to do. And so how can I do that? I became a screenwriter. And then one day there was a screenplay that was going to be Really hard to write and it was due and I wanted to go to Africa and I knew I couldn't write it in Africa. So I called (laughs) the studio and was like, hey, what if you get someone who's really good at writing screenplays on time? Because I'm a good writer, but I'm not good at writing on time. What if we get somebody who can write when you want them to write it and I'll produce this instead? And I didn't really even know what a producer was, but I quickly figured out that what a producer was is, you know, someone who it, you can do all kinds of things, but basically like when you see like executive producer on a streaming project or producer on a film project, those are the senior positions. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of opposite. If you just see producer on a, on a TV or streaming project, it's a lower level position. It's confusing. It's the opposite, whatever, go Google it. But, um, but you're the person who often has the idea, finds the director. Like if, if, if it's a, it's like a person who drives past a vacant lot and sees the house that could be on it. And so, so you go out, find- So you're the professional out, you find, cat herder. Yes. And, and not just the cat herder, but you also like envision the house, find the architect slash director who can build that house. You f- you help them find the craftsman who can like carry out the architect's vision. But like, you're the person that holds the big vision and then you mm-hmm. put the pieces together and then yes, you, you herd cats. <laughs> So
1: that is the, the best wedding, way. The wedding planner. <laughs> yeah. 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 That makes yeah. sense.
2: It's it's the wedding planner, but also it's your idea for the wedding and you've picked the couple, you've match made them, and now you're <laughs> <laughs> getting them married. So it's the like, yeah.
1: Architects.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're kind of uh, the overall. You're the overall person who's putting it uh-huh. all together. Often, I mean, sometimes it's a little bit different. A director can come to you and say, "I've got this idea. Can you just help manage this whole process?" But, mm-hmm. but the, what we do in Storyforce is is very much like a seed of an idea. And then we start to play with it. Bly and I always joke that as soon as we run out of my childhood issues, we're going to be out of business because it's like my mom <laughs> sold you know, makeup
1: uh, and like
0: I was a fundamentalist. And oh like- my goodness. We keep
1: trying oh. to end this podcast, but shit keeps happening. So we have to keep going. So you're probably not going <laughs> to run out of content anytime soon. Uh,
0: yeah. I think, I think that, <laughs> the way the story show. of history is going, um, there's going to be a lot that keeps coming up, I think. Yeah. Uh, thank you for believing in this project long enough to make it happen. Um, thank you. It up thank in you the world. For both
2: for your work. I mean, really, like, I can absolutely say that the work that you two have done as individuals and together. And with this podcast, and with the things that you've both researched and written, the time that you have spent going and re-examining something in your own lives—it's incredibly, um, you know, painful directly resulted in what people saw on screen with shiny, happy people and, and how much it resonated with people. So as someone who used your work to help inform my work, I am deeply grateful not to mention Eve, you being on camera and Kieran, we both know that I really wanted you on camera and we both know you were too busy. Yes. But- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm just saying shiny, happy too.
0: Could it happen?
1: Maybe I am down.
0: What's what's the word? What's the word? We'll end on (laughs) I
2: I don't know. I mean, I would love for it to happen and I don't think there's a shortage of material. And you know, we we love our partners at prime video, so you know, who knows? Who knows? I
0: keep I keep telling folks like you don't know how many hours they have of me ranting there's so much footage of all can, of us
2: Can they, I just say
0: <laughs> can i just
2: say one of my like proudest achievements is that i made sure the debbie and michael pearl line made it into that documentary i was like if nothing else makes it yes. in their motherfuckers is going in so yeah. i cackled That's so hard
1: it was so good <laughs> it's like the best line it's, it's wonderful. The
2: look that goes with it, the like if you if you're like a person who examines micro expressions, just go freeze on Eve in that moment. The the like lips and the eyes, the like <laughs>
0: like wow. One of my Peace Corps besties, Rachel, messaged me and she was like, I was gonna laugh, but then I saw that you didn't laugh when you said that. So and then I saw what was happening next. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah. You could see the depth of everything that was underneath what you just said was like that. Everything was in that line was like, yeah,
0: this was a technical term. Yes, Yeah.
2: Yes. 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 Well, thank you for having me on. I really (sighs) appreciate it. Keep fighting the good fight, doing the good work. And um, I will keep being an ardent fan and admirer. So
0: if people want to find you on socials, if you want people to find you on socials, where can they find you?
2: Sure, they can find me. My name is Corey Shepard Stern. I am uh, at Girl Seeks World on Instagram, although I never check it. And I'm at, uh, I think I'm at the same on Twitter, maybe. I think that's right. Yeah. And so you can if you don't hear from me, I'm not ignoring you. I just probably haven't looked at it and you can always um go to uh, at Storyforce co, I think. Uh yeah. And and we have the amazing Lucy who checks that more frequently than I probably check mine.
0: But amazing. and don't well, be afraid awesome. to like
2: if you deemed me, don't be afraid to like publicly flag me. That's probably an easier way for me to see it.
0: All right. Pair. We'll have people come harass you, probably. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, yeah. thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. All right, y'all have a great
2: right. rest of your day. Great. Thanks. Me too. Bye. Bye.
1: You've been listening to the Kitchen Table Cult Podcast. Our music is from the track "Janet" by the bend the Heavens on their album Nazo Our producer is Dave the Great. Our podcast is made possible by Patreon donations from listeners like you. To support us and join our community on Slack, check out patreon.com slash kitchentablecultpod. Thanks for listening.